everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm glad you're here because you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Tribe. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford. He's the man on the moose and on our journey today. Something gigantic happened in the gaming industry. Where were you when it happened? Let's jump on into the Xbox Tribe. Bob! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Hello, Ryan Turford. Um, I don't know if it's even possible for us to even just pretend even for a moment that something gigantic didn't happen this week. I'm still like kind of in disbelief about this Activision buyout and all the things. But how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, you know, other than the fact that Ontario is currently buried under, you know, like <laughs> six or seven feet of snow right now. It's uh, it's great. I'm doing great. Listen, my garbage can is frozen to the street right now because it, the 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 ice melted and then it froze again and it's it's basically Han soloed into my uh, into my my road in front of my house. So it's a little bit of a mess, but we've got great things. To, I'm all I've got a comfy little hoodie. People can check out on the YouTube channel, yeah. of course. But I'm I'm all cozy, man. What's up? I was gonna say that we 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 could have worn matching hoodies today, Sean. You should have told me. I could have we could have matched oh, it up. We've been in uniform today, but I'm just, <laughs> I just wearing a normal Xbox shirt today instead. But anyways, I like it. I enough like about it. that we got to get into the show so of course let's clean the garage folks at home if you want to support the show there's a number of ways to do that number one subscribe to us on your podcast feed of choice whether it's apple Podcasts, google play spotify we're on all the things so check us out where podcasts are sold on the internet also leave us a review or rating on spotify or apple Podcasts. it definitely helps the show out a lot as well also if you want to see our beautiful faces every single week, youtube.com slash Capri is how you do that. We have a drive-by shout out that we're going to do in just a second from the YouTube comments. And then last but not least, if you want early access to this and all of our shows, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Capri is how you do that. Throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content. So as I mentioned, we have a drive-by shout out this week, and that's kind of our tribute to our YouTube comments, of course, over on YouTube. So this comes to us from Eric Cave, who's actually, you know, one of our most consistent commenters on YouTube. Big time. Yeah. Well, if we could send him like a gold badge or something, that would be kind of nice. Cause he really like, he, he's given us all the sweet, sweet engagement juice over there. And that's where he, that's where he leaves his questions. I love it, man. What a nice young man that Eric Cave is. Mm-hmm. So he actually asked a question that is also, I wanted to put in here, too, because it's very different from today's topic. And that is, yeah, what is your advice for staying connected through gaming with someone who is far away? Do you schedule gaming times, only play certain games with certain people or have any other tips? So, Sean, yeah. you and I both kind of are in it, even before the pandemic started. I think both of us didn't really play a lot of games with people in the same room. Unless, of course, it was, you know, you and Chelsea yeah. or, you know, you and the kids that's pretty much it. Like how often did you really have like, you know, Marcus O'Neill or someone else? All my friends have left me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what do you think about this question? I love this question. And I think one of the things that Eric kind of touched on is key is decide what game it is. And that's everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I just find that like some people are very specific about the the types of games that they want to play. And if it's like a one-on-one type of thing or like one with one or, or if you're playing with an entire community, like we have Halos as our, as Saturdays and everybody knows that that's what it is. And I think that's helped People just know if I'm going to set some time aside for some community night gaming, it's the consistency that actually I think is key. Yeah. Um, and then another, I, I, I will always remember this. It was about this time last year, um, in February of last year, uh, after Bobby had passed, you, me, Tony Baker and Joel Brooks, like we just like jumped on Diablo, um, for, we actually ran through the campaign pretty quickly and then got into some, I think some end game content. That was pretty special. So I think it's just like picking a game. And yeah, and consistency. So unfortunately, usually what that means is you kind of have to pick like one or two people, I think, because it's just, it's hard to really get beyond one or two other people Mm -hmm. uh, to to have them locked down for for a night on a Tuesday night every time is you're going to play the same game. I think that's probably the best advice that I can give on this. Um, And just keep like, if it's important, you just kind of make time for it is the other final piece, I would say. Yeah, for sure. It, definitely with the consistency thing, I 100% agree with it. Again, it's all about scheduling and making sure like everyone knows mm-hmm. like at this time you're playing this like this game with your friends kind of thing and making because obviously with uh, our new consoles with the hard drives not being as big, you know, you have to take into consideration what if someone has to install some stuff, whether it's updates or maybe they had to install uh, uninstall yeah. the game because for X, Y and Z kind of reasons. Um, so there is that um, as someone who's played MMOs for years, 
with kind of like scheduling yeah. raid groups together and stuff like that. I, I will actually go back to your consistency thing where, you know, ever like when we were playing Final Fantasy and doing raiding, like like pretty hardcore rating um, in the game. Like we would basically have like every Tuesday, which was the reset day for the game set aside for like every Tuesday night, we were kind of doing progression for the raid and we'd set like two other days that week after we yeah. did the Tuesday thing. Um, but we would all talk about it together and kind of come up with those days at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we would know every Tuesday we're doing it for sure. And then we just plan two other days of the week kind of working around everyone's schedule. So um, yeah. yeah, I think a lot just comes down to communication, finding friends that like the same kind of games as you and making sure you all kind of have the same games. Cause that, that could be another thing. Like if a game's not on game pass, like, there might be one or two of your friends, for example, that doesn't have it and they might they might feel left out or something like that. Or you might number one tip to. really is go to the Discord. You meet yeah. Capri Discord, link is in the show notes, and there's a whole community of people who are obsessed with Game Pass and Xbox and video games just in general. And I, I think you'd have no problem finding people who want to get together and play games. I'd love to see more like community game nights and stuff like that. And I we'll mean, do we whatever have we can on our end to promote that. that. So yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think we've kind of answered this question enough. So let's move on, Sean, real quick before we get into the topic. Did you play anything of note this week with the playlist? I finished a game. The first game, Ryan, that I've completed, the first set of credits, Lego Star Wars, The Force Awakens. What a cute little game. Speaking of games that I I probably could and should be playing with other people, I had a really hard time walking away from it because I got I actually also played God of War on PC, which I'll I'll talk about in more detail on the PlayStation Drive, maybe at a certain point. Um, But I, I finished the story and did pretty well in terms of like a first run through completion and this game like it's got its hooks in me because i want to just go back and do all the things i want to unlock all the characters i'm spending all my little bits or whatever the hell they're called to unlock (laughs) more characters and i find all these carbonite pieces that melt and then you got a new special character and i just i really enjoyed it man that that game i played at the right time for me and but I don't know if I can get back to it. We got we got Rainbow Six that came out today. I want to try that out. And we got like Nobody Saves the World that came out last week. And we got Pokemon coming out pretty soon. But um, I wanted to just say that I actually completed a game. So good for me. Pat nice. myself on the back. Nice. Yeah. First credit roll of the year for Sean Capri. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so happy for mm-hmm. you. The big deal. Happened. Yep. Yeah. I'm very happy. As for me, I played a bunch of stuff on PlayStation that I'll talk about tomorrow. But I did play. Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition. What a surprise Uh, drop. We're not going to have time to talk about kind of the Game Pass games of the week, but I did want to give that game a shout out. Ah, um, man. Because I love the Danganronpa series. Uh, It's one of my favorite, um, like, kind of niche series, especially, like, because it's a a visual novel, but also, like, a court simulation game and kind of, like, a detective game. It's almost like something like Phoenix Wright. So if you've played Phoenix Wright before, you'll feel right at home with this. But it just came to Xbox on Game Pass. So, I mean, I've played Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc before, which is the first game in the series on literally every console it's been in sorry yeah no i'm sorry keep going guys keep going so i've played it on every console because it was it came out on vita i played it there it came out on playstation 4 and pc i played it there and then it it just came to switch and i played it there so i'm fine i'm playing it for like the on, on like the fourth different console but uh i'm excited to just kind of like just randomly shadow dropped the other night on game pass um and I'm pretty sure I'd have to kind of look this up again, but I'm fairly certain I've got a lot of world firsts for a lot of the achievements for that game because wow, like no one world had review first. copies or anything like that. And the developers didn't really trigger any achievements. So I think I was one of the first people to actually get some of the achievements in that game. So I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I was actually thinking about doing like an all nighter when it came out and then kind of like finish being the first person to finish the game and get those achievements on Xbox. But uh, I decided against it because I I had some people coming like at nine in the morning to repair some stuff in my apartment. So I couldn't really justify doing it. You don't have to be awake for that. They're doing the work. Yeah, no, but they were drilling really loud, Sean. I wouldn't be able to sleep through that. What's what's the vibe on this? Is it like is it is this a horror one? Is this a like is this a just a weird kind of happy go lucky anime thing? Like I can't, I can't lock this game down. I don't so know so it does have anim- anime visual styles to it because it, yeah. it's a bunch of teenagers at this high school for kind of the ultimates. So basically they're the best students in the country at a specific thing. So whether they're the ultimate baseball player or the ultimate fanfic writer or the ultimate That's author amazing. or something like that, like each kid <laughs> kind of has a designation like that and they all go yeah. to this ultimate high school, but they're essentially kidnapped by a evil teddy bear called Monokuma who basically <laughs> tells them that in order to leave, because they can leave at any time in order to leave, they have to kill another student 
and Amazing. get away with it. So essentially, um, the, the students will basically get picked off one at a time throughout the story. And then you have to basically determine who, uh, by investigating clues and stuff like that, which of the other students did it. Because if the, you, if they are actually not found guilty, the rest of the students are executed, included you. Oh my God. So the only, the, per, the only person that gets to leave is the person who did the murdering. So, um, it's okay. It's, what's the title of this game called again? Dang and Rompa. What's the, what's the subtitle? Trigger happy havoc. It sounds happy, but, it's true. but not it, it, man. What? Okay. Yeah. That all makes sense. Yeah. It's kind it's kind of a, kind of a, a sick and twisted game, but at the same time, I, I love Dang and Rompa. It kind of reminds me of like it for those of you who've watched, you know, something like squid game on Netflix, like squid game is like sure. almost like, like a one-to-one comparison in a lot of ways to something like Danganronpa, or it's like, there's a lot of the same themes in it as well. So if you like stuff like that, then I think you'll really like Danganronpa. Holy so. crap. It's I also the, it. the game that really got me into visual novels because visual novels were not something I liked before Danganronpa. I would usually get bored of them, but Danganronpa was the game that really got me into them. And now it's a genre I actually really like a lot. So mm. um, I encourage people to check it out again. It's on Game Pass. So if, it's, if anything I told you sounds interesting, definitely check it out, download it. I also think they haven't announced it yet. I'm pretty sure the other two parts, um, Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair and Danganronpa V3 will come at some point, probably in the next, you know, oh, month yeah. or two. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll probably just be shadow drops on Game Pass whenever that happens too. So uh, we've only got the first one for now, but I suspect the other ones are coming as well. And this also goes to show too that Spike Chunsoft, a company that never, <laughs> never really puts their games on Xbox at all. Like I, I found that, I think they found some success with uh, the Somnium Files, which came to Game Pass um, during Tokyo Game Show last year. And I, I feel like they're finding some success there. So I think we might see more stuff from them out there because they're a pretty prolific div, uh, publisher out in Japan. They just publish a lot of smaller stuff like they're they publish a lot of indie stuff. So there you go. It's a big deal, man. It's a huge deal for that. Like and we weren't expecting it. Um, we really want to skip over Game Pass. We don't have a second. Like this that's a big they did a big drop with this alongside this, man. I mean, I don't Death's have a written down, coming. John. So if you want okay, to go I've got through it, here. Go I've got it. Well, now that I'm I'm in the safety of my of my home. Death's door. Um, I don't even have the day. I'm just gonna list off games that are coming in the back half of January here. Death's door, uh Hitman trilogy, I think we know about. Nobody saves the world. My pick of the month, Paparazzi, yep. which seems like you are a, a dog taking pictures in Hollywood. Uh, Rainbow Six Extraction reviews came out today, hovering somewhere in the low 70s, I think. Yep. Windjammers 2, and I don't know how to say that one. Taiko and then also no Rainbow Six. <laughs> you do it, man. That, I don't know what that's that is. The dr- that's actually a really good game. That's actually a, a drum game, a Japanese drum game. Ah. Uh, it's actually an, a, a really popular arcade series in Japan. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's cool about it is they also have a bunch of licensing with a bunch of anime songs and stuff like that, too. Um, and if you in Japan, they specifically sold a peripheral set of drumsticks that you would actually play. They and a drum at home basically to play with. Um, but we just never got that released here in North America, unfortunately. But uh, I actually recommend that game too. If you like rhythm mm. games, if you like music games, like that game's actually really fun. So yeah, very cool. Well, I want to try, I do want to try Rainbow Six Extraction. That was one that uh previously named Quarantine, and they think they they probably were right to change the title of that. Death's Door, everybody's excited about that one. That's That seems like an absolutely huge get. And um, not launching into Game Pass, but is available on Game Pass, is The Forgotten City, which in the Discord, the Backtrackers, is a video game book club. Delroy and Marcus O'Neill are getting that whole thing getting going on Saturday. You still have time to beat it and play and discuss. So check out the Discord for the details on that. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. And also, also I, I don't know if that was listed in there too, but Hitman Trilogy. Also this week. Yeah, too. I mentioned it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. So there we yep. go. Yep. And also Hitman Trilogy. I hate you, Sean. All right. <laughs> Let's go into our big topic of this week because I think the rest of the show is going to be dedicated to this. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen questions about this wow. topic as well. So you guys are amazing. Huge thank you to everyone who wrote in this week with questions about this topic because Sean, I don't know if you knew this. I mean, I, yeah. you might have, you know, have been living under a rock since yesterday, or I guess two days ago from the time you're listening to this, but uh, Xbox bought Activision slash Blizzard <laughs> slash King for King. $68 billion. Oh, or sorry, $68 billion. I, I forgot to do the Dr. Evil thing, you know, with because that's a Dr. Evil amount of money, Sean. 
60, almost $69 billion, a very nice purchase amount, which like dollars don't even make any sense anymore, right? Yeah. Like what even is, what even is $69 billion? That doesn't even make any sense in my mind. Um, but before we get into any of this, the key takeaway, and I want to know your thoughts on this. To me, the biggest takeaway, the obvious takeaway here is that Xbox now controls just an absolutely critical franchise in IP and video games pitfall. Yeah. That's they true. Now, they now own Pitfall and and maybe also you might consider uh, the Mech, Mech Warrior. I mean, I they, they technically own also series. own River Raid now, Sean. So they might actually do River Raid too. People are so mad at us right now. It's like, what are you doing? I what mean, after the Atari about? 2600 version, I mean, they, they, it's time for River Raid to come back. But no, seriously. Ryan, oh, oh, I wanted to give you, this is not in any show notes or anything, but I wanted to give you kudos. Um, Captain Logan reached out to me yesterday evening and said, hey, you should listen to last week's episode of of uh, the Xbox drive. And I'm like, Oh, did we say something wrong? Like what happened is I thought like we messed up the feed or something. And he said that you had a prediction about call of duty on game pass in November. You crushed it, man. I feel like you made this happen. I think, I think this is all thanks to Ryan Turford and the energy you put out last week, my friend. Maybe I actually knew it was a thing, Sean, even though, I mean, it might still be a while before we see Call of Duty on Game Pass. We don't know when it's happening. Yeah. Ryan Turford, the fly on the wall and also man on the moose. Don't forget He's the man everywhere. on the mongoose, Sean. That's right. That's right. Because it's mongoose time. Anyways, we is this should the get the biggest into- deal in video games in history. Like, is this is this as big as it gets? I think I think it might be. It might be one of the biggest. I, I should say it's probably it, no, I should say it's definitely the biggest news story I've covered in my time of doing podcasts and that goes back to 2014. So what was the previous biggest one, the Bethesda deal. I feel like these are all just monumental the Bethesda deals. deals up there. Um, yeah. in fact, actually probably the Bethesda deal is probably the second biggest one. I would say behind, behind this. And they're both Xbox. It's up there with like Nintendo, like screwing over PlayStation and then PlayStation starting over like their own thing. Like it's, yeah. it's, this is the type of thing that as people were talking about Xbox, like buying everybody, they're like, well, they could buy Activision. It's like, the response to that when those kind of things would come up was like, what are you stupid? Like, do you even know what that would take? You know, and now here they are. Like, they just they just bought them. We it figured out insane. what it would take. Sixty eight billion dollars. Oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. Man. And, and, and the craziest thing about that, too. The craziest thing about that is that it was in cash. Like, there's no there's no stock options or anything like that. They could have actually made this, you know, even easier on themselves. But no, they went they went and did the all cash option. And apparently um, this actually emptied out half of Microsoft's cash reserves, essentially, to basically do, do this deal, which means in theory they could have something else beyond this. It, as crazy as that sounds to maybe even do more of a stock option with another company down the road or if another opportunity comes up, which is just mm-hmm. crazy to think about. And yeah, just as you said, as I so rudely interrupted you, Sean, and I apologize for that, is that also, as you mentioned, any this means anything's on the table. We already anything. kind of said that with the Bethesda deal, but this kind of emphasizes that even more, like anything's on the table at this point, like legitimately, like there, there's- yeah. Nothing you could tell me now as to like crazy scenarios that that couldn't happen in the same way yep. that this happened. Other than, of course, yep. maybe buying, I would say maybe the crazy things and the kind of the untouchable scenarios would still be like, you know, Microsoft acquires PlayStation or Microsoft acquires Nintendo. I think yeah. those are outside the realm of possibility because they're console makers. For the short term. Yeah. But for now, I would say like, I don't think there's a third party that's really safe from Microsoft or a lot of the rival companies, which kind of is going to get into um, one of the first things I talked about, wanted to talk about, because I feel like this move now that I've had a chance to kind of reflect on it, because one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to wait instead of doing like an emergency podcast yesterday when this news broke was so we could get kind of a, more information about how this came about. Oh, and yeah. I feel like this situation, first of all, it came up from what we heard. This actually came together very quickly. Apparently, according mm-hmm. to Jeff Grubb and some inside sources, um, the negotiations for this actually started in October, essentially yeah. when the Activision stock was at its lowest after all of the, the lawsuit stuff and all the body, Bobby Kodak stuff kind of came to light, essentially, where Activision was really trying to sell the company at yeah. that point 
not necessarily Bobby Kotick, because Bobby Kotick apparently was against the idea of selling Activision, but it was the board of directors kind of like overruled that idea and said, no, we're doing this. Did, we're selling Did you hear what Bobby Kotick wanted to do? How he, how he was going to change public perception? Oh, yeah. You mean how apparently he was going to buy, like, wanted to buy like a press outlet like Kotaku or and PC know, Gamer. Like, PC Gamer. dude, like, how? And of course that was going to be his solution. Like, if you're corrupt enough to do the things that you've done, then that's as corrupt as you're going to be to go try and do something like that like it was basically the plot of tomorrow never dies like get out of here dude. <laughs> like just go buy the media give me a break so apparently how this came about was that after activision decided that they were going to sell the company to you know essentially the highest bidder at this point um they yep. actually approached a bunch of different companies microsoft was one of them but they also approached google tencent and amazon also asking if they wanted to purchase them the Terrifying. only one who actually gave them an offer was microsoft at you know, $68 billion. And basically Activision, once they got that amount, went to the other companies again to say, hey, Microsoft is wants to buy us for this amount. You know, do you want to match it or exceed it? And none of the other companies apparently wanted to do that. So they said, it's okay, unprecedented. We're going like with Microsoft. Some of those companies are making big moves and Tencent maybe probably the most, I would say. Like, yeah, they're, maybe they're in my the mind. biggest company in gaming right now. With the most, which is wild. Like, I think Phil Phil Spencer says something to the effect of like, with this purchase after this, now they're number three yep. in gaming revenue after Tencent, which I think was number one, and then PlayStation's number two. Yeah, even with Call of Duty and all the things that we haven't even like even outlined, like what they actually own in addition to Pitfall, they have they have all this stuff, and they're still number three after just like the biggest deal. So kudos to Sony on that. Every time that we talk about one of these deals, like Bethesda and everything, it comes up. It's like. Man, it just goes to show how hard this business is, how how insane this industry is. Because even after a $70 billion acquisition, you just adopt all that revenue that's coming back in. Still not enough. It's still not enough to beat PlayStation in terms of revenue. It's yeah. wild, man. Yeah, exactly. Especially because like NPD came out yesterday as well with like all the, the top sellers from last year. And I mean, first of all, the top two games were literally... Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops, Cold War, and then Call of Duty Vanguard were essentially like the top two games from last year. But then the rest of the list, for the most part, was Nintendo and Sony games at that point. Um, with Forza Horizon, I think being near being near the bottom of the list, I think it was like nineteenth yeah. or something. Um, but I mean, no, nothing else from Xbox specifically. So I mean, when you when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. But it's even crazier to think about that PlayStation, for example, is or or even now Microsoft are bigger revenue earners than Nintendo is, which is just, yeah. It's interesting to think about that scenario, too, especially because mm -hmm. their platform just relies on all first party stuff and they all sell super well. So, yeah. And, and you'll see 2022, I think, a pretty important year for Nintendo as they have a movie coming out. And of course, the parks are going to start coming out as well. So them as a brand, I don't know if that revenue account is video game revenue. Maybe that's something right. else that, that, that the numbers we're talking about before might be strictly video games and Nintendo's going beyond that. So just interesting to see the three different companies really doing completely different things. And my take on it really is, especially when you talk about all those suitors is thank God it was Microsoft. Yep. Honestly, it could have been, could have been Google. It could have been Stadia, Call of Duty and all these really important franchises being over there. Good God help or us Or Amazon all. and just locking all the Luna, like Amazon oh, Luna or something like that. Like that, that's what the point I was going to get to kind of why I wanted to explain it. The, the, the history of how this came about. Cause I think it's really important for context for why yeah. this re this acquisition happened. Where again, Phil Spencer's talked about in the past, their main competitor isn't PlayStation. It's yeah. these bigger companies like Tencent or, or uh, Google or Amazon where essentially yeah. Microsoft saw this opportunity there. They thought, you know, Tencent or Google was going to pounce on them. So they went for it instead and, yeah. and made sure to lock it down. And I feel like of, of all of those companies I kind of listed off to your point, I think, I think for us gamers, it probably just makes the most sense. I think it's probably the best fit. And I'm so happy to see them in the hands of Microsoft, as opposed to, you know, Google or Tencent at this point. So like this, this deal doesn't really close until maybe June of 2023. So I wanted to ask you, Ryan, we kind of just said like, you know, Call of Duty is going to be part of Game Pass maybe sometime after that. Like, when do you start to see this really impacting Xbox gamers? Because it's big news now, but when do we actually start to feel the ramifications of this as Xbox gamers and then maybe start to see things being, quote unquote, taken away from other platforms? So as far as Game Pass, like as far as Game Pass stuff, because I think that's the first Ramification we're going to see. Totally. I think that'll happen as soon as the ink dries. So first of all, the yeah. the date 
like June of, of next year, that's kind of like a targeted date because this g- deal is kind of happening so quickly. And so with, with like, it, it's such a quick turnaround. It's different from the Bethesda deal where it was kind of two years in the making. They kind of already had right. it established for, for when the deal was going to be done. Whereas this, they're just like, it'll be done before the end of the second quarter, essentially is what mm-hmm. they said. Um, so that, that ends in June, but it could be any time before that is what they're, what they're insinuating. So whenever you think it's like dependent on that for game pass things to happen, like that's what I'm wondering. Like we're in uncharted territory in a certain extent here. Like is there deals that can still be made along the way to go? Like, is there, can you legally can't make any deals while the, while this process is. Oh yeah. Cause that's one of the things they're basically the two companies now until like, because they basically signed all the documentation to make the letter, the intent uh, to, for the purchase to happen, happen. Um, essentially as part of that, the two companies can't talk to each other about plans or ideas or anything like that. They have to wait until the offer is officially approved before they can make anything happen. So it's like when a bride and groom, they've got to like spend the night in separate rooms until the night and then they actually get married. Then they can actually, you know, get in bed together. Same, same idea. Same idea. I'm glad we're on the same page with that one, but uh, I got it. But so as a result, unless there was something that, that they talked about ahead of time, Interesting. Like any any deals they they had set up before that the the um offer for um buying the company was was put in, then it, unless anything like that was done ahead of time, then no, we won't see anything happen before then. So I would imagine though, the day they announced that that this deal is officially final, that's when yeah. Snap like a whole bunch of stuff comes to Game Pass that day. With, yeah. with, like Call of Duty Vanguard or even just all the Call of Duty games because I think almost all of them are that's backwards That's what I'm hoping for. Point. Go backwards in time. I think that would yeah. be great, man. Like all yeah, the, definitely. Like Spyro, Crash, Tony Hawk. Oh my gosh, like all, yes. All the Diablo games will be on backwards compatibility, mm-hmm. like both Diablo mm-hmm. 2 and Diablo 3. Like everything that Activision Blizzard has will end up on Game Pass either that day or, or it'll be like over the course of a, a month or two, kind of like what happened with Bethesda, where it wasn't all in one day. It was, hey, here's 20 Bethesda games, and then here's another 20 Bethesda games, kind of as as we went along. Can so. we do an extra mile on, like, let's let's start to rank and start to think about, like, the games we want to see come to Game Pass first of the Activision lineup? Because, like, you know, the graphic that's going around is it's Call of Duty, it's Diablo, it's World of Warcraft. Like, these, those are the big ones. But, like, I really, and especially, like, with your historical kind of knowledge on this kind of thing, I think it'd be really interesting to go, yeah, what about Spyro? What about Tony Hawk? What about some of these things? And I'm sure we're going to get questions about, like, you know, who's going to be developing the next franchise and this IP and all these other stuff. So oh yeah, we're going to get into that because yeah, there, there's okay. definitely questions about that. But yeah, like there's a bunch of IPs out there that are not, you know, the 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 popular IPs now, but they were really popular back in the 90s and the 2000s that mm-hmm. Activision still owns too. Like No One Lives Forever, for example, is a game franchise that Activision totally owns. And that was a great game series back in the 90s. On if, you, if you say so, if you say so, Ryan. I, exactly. So there's lots of stuff out there. <laughs> um, and as far as Bobby Kotick, as far as we know, he's staying on with the company until after the ink dries. And then from there, who knows? But Not obviously long after. No, I think I think they said like they basically that's it. Like that, well, that they he will stay on until they it's can't done. Legally say that he's going to leave. Right. But the Wall right. Street Journal, for example, has reported that he will leave as soon as it's over. So the yeah. impression is he will be done as soon as the, the contract's over, but it's not, it's not set in stone. And they can't, yeah. likewise, they can't see that either. Cause again, they can't make any changes to the company. And likewise, it would also affect the stock price of, of Activision course. currently if they did that. So obviously they, they can't do that type of thing now. So again, yeah. we'll hear about that later, but also I think it presents a, a great opportunity, I think for Activision Blizzard to kind of like turn the ship around as far as the company culture, because as we've already heard from Phil many, many times, you know, that he he was disgusted to hear about what happened at mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard, and he's not going to let kind of that culture stand in Xbox. I mean, that doesn't he doesn't let that stand anyways, or at least that's the stance he takes with the current Xbox slate of studios. So I imagine yeah. that there's going to be kind of a a firm stamp of uh, on on the culture at Activision more so than a lot of the other studios. Because if you remember with uh, Beth- when Bethesda joined, they talked over and over again about how Microsoft wasn't going to influence the studios themselves <laughs> or put too much of themselves into it. Yeah. They uh, sure didn't say that this time. Right. This time around, it was just like, I, I think they're going to take kind of full control of the situation here, especially because with the, in the uh, original announcement, they mentioned that essentially the head of Activision, whoever that will be after Kodak leaves, 
like they will report directly to Phil uh, Spencer directly as kind of the CEO of the Xbox division, yeah. which by the way, huge congrats to the promotion, Phil, because that was actually one of the announcements that they made as well was that they kind of changed kind of the structure a little bit of um, the, the Microsoft hier- uh, the Xbox hierarchy as far as who's in charge and Phil is now the Xbox CEO essentially yeah. versus what he was, what his previous title before, which is interesting as well to see. I love it, man. It's very exciting. And also a quick shout out and, and plug and promo to um, anybody who's a Patreon or a patron at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri at the $3 tier and up, you get exclusive content. And Mr. Badbit from the Trophy Room, him and I last night recorded our, our full on thoughts. And what I love about it is I think you and I are tackling this from primarily like an Xbox centric perspective, which we should be doing on the Xbox drive. But um, Joe and I, Mr. Babbitt and I, we, we really tackled this from an industry standpoint. How does this impact PlayStation and how does that impact like the how the two platforms are going to go forward from here? So it was about an hour chat and it will hit feeds on Patreon on Friday. So if people want to go check that out, I highly encourage you to get more because this is a big like you said, this is the biggest story. There's a lot of different ways that we can tackle this. Lots of different opinions. We could spend an hour talking about Bobby Kodak, for God's sake. So we get a little bit more into that with Joe and Mr. Babbitt over on the uh, in the Patreon. So go there, check it out. Yeah. Also on the PlayStation Drive tomorrow, we'll be talking about kind of the PlayStation perspective as well, but we're not going to go super deep into it. Not nearly as deep as probably you and Joseph went into as well. So there's another reason to check this out. So kind of the direct conversation from here, Sean, I, of course, prepped everyone's questions here kind of in a specific order. And we'll talk about them as we go uh, and and go from here. So we're going to start with Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus, who actually had three different questions. So let's I start love with it. that. And, and and a couple of these, as we go through them, we might've talked at least a little bit on them or, or touched on some of them, but that's just the nature of this conversation. So first question is, what are some Activision games you would play if slash when they appear on Game Pass that you didn't previously already own? So Ooh. Sean, is there a Game Pass, like an Activision game on Xbox right now that you currently don't own that you think will come to Game Pass that you'd want to <laughs> check out? Can I say Vanguard? I don't, I don't own that. I yeah. would love to, I would love yeah. to own that. I think that's, yeah, I would definitely, because I like Call of Duty a lot. I don't know if that's like okay to say anymore or not, but I, I really like it. I just, I missed it. That is one that, especially as it is an annualized franchise, and I think we'll have questions about that too, like an annualized Call of Duty coming into Game Pass is awesome to me. I think mm-hmm. that would be great. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I might even just pull up a little web browser here. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I would say for me personally, it's probably Diablo 2 Resurrected. It came out last year. Ooh, I'm with you on that one. Yes, yes. Yeah, and at this point, I'm not going to buy it because I know it's going to come to Game Pass, right? So Mm -hmm, at this point, mm -hmm. I'm cool with just waiting till it comes to Game Pass and playing it then. But that's another one as well that I think we'll we'll be able to play with friends and, and have a good time with, but... Um, other than that, kind of thinking from from your perspective is what you haven't played. I don't think you've ever played Crash 4 as well, right, John? I don't want to play Crash 4. Oh, I want man. to play World of Warcraft, though. I think that's one of the more interesting things about this is what do they do? I think I think this means you, you basically get World of Warcraft with Game Pass. Whereas this before you have to pay a subscription. Like, what do you do you think you'd have to pay in addition to Game Pass? You have to pay for the regular no, if World, World of Warcraft, Warcraft comes to Game Pass. It will be a situation where the subscription will probably come with it as a Game Pass. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest deal to me. Like it's, it's more than just purchasing a game. Like the thing that's really held me off of wow is like, is that subscription fee, man? I just, cause I won't play it for a trillion hours, right? right? Where you play like a, uh, you play these games and you know, it, it makes sense cause you spend so much time and it doesn't matter. The dollars actually work out for me. I just want to try it. I want to like play along with other people. And um, yeah, that, that opens the door for me in, in a big, big way for sure. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a, a slam dunk move. I think that that's going to be a, one of the, the things we'll probably be talking about in the next, you know, year or so whenever that that, mm-hmm. that happens. But as far as it coming to Xbox, though, because I know that's been a question that people have had, not necessarily yeah. on this list. I don't think anyone specifically asked about it, but I actually don't think World of Warcraft is coming to Xbox in the mm-hmm. current state because um, we talked about this when you did the live stream yesterday, Sean, but there's too many buttons in that game and too there's not buttons. really a good way for to make that game work on console in the, the the way the game is built now. So at some point, mm-hmm. they're going to have to do like a, a an overhaul to that game or make a WoW 2. And then when they do that, that will be on Xbox. So there yeah. you go. Next question from Seamus. Do you think with Microsoft's help, they can put a few of the past Spider-Man games like Ultimate or Shattered Dimensions on Game Pass? We already know that they're not doing any more backwards compatibility, Seamus. So unless those yeah. are going to be brand new releases, kind of like what they did with kind of Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, I doubt it. I don't think that, that that's going to I doubt it. 
but uh, I would love to see it just like the James Bond yeah. games that Activision did too. I think those games are great. So yeah, I would love to see those there. Or do you remember the, the born um, identity game that they did as well? Oh like, yeah, definitely. On the 360. I played era? that back to back with quantum of solace. Like those two games kind of like pair up with me in my mind. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Cause like those are games that I'd love to see come back, but no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Next up, they announced yesterday that um, Game Pass had passed 25 million subscribers. Mm. Do you think putting Activision games on Game Pass will lead to even bigger numbers? I mean, with Call of Duty going to be coming game day one to Game Pass, you bet your bottom dollar Game Pass subscriptions yeah. are going to go up because of that. Like, even if they're just going to go up when Call of Duty releases and then go back down again, like you, you better believe people are going to shell out Game Pass money for Call of Duty, I think, rather than buying you- it. You know what I think that they get with this Activision deal? Like they get a they get a lot of just business practices and and models that I think will be interesting to see if it actually merges into the way that Microsoft even advertises and promotes Game Pass. Like I feel like people who are in the know about video games in general, if you listen to this podcast, you know what Game Pass is. But I'm really curious to know if like anybody else knows what Game Pass is. And I feel like what Call of Duty has done is like they have a game there that is actively transcending this core audience, this hard, I don't want to call it hardcore, but like the, the main video game dorks like us. Um, everybody plays Call of Duty. And yeah. what Call of Duty does so well is like you play this Call of Duty, you might like Warzone or you probably already playing Warzone. You should go buy this thing like their cross promotion is baked in. And whether or not people like that, whether they not that might people might think that that's kind of like gross and, you know, just they don't want to be advertised within their games, like regardless that's a model that that seems to work and i'm really surprised that you don't really see a oh you want to play halo like it's on game pass like that being more prominent and i'd be curious to see like what they do here now with so many users so many gamers touching all these uh activision properties where does game pass fit into that how do they go you like call of duty the best way to do it is game pass i I think they have to do that better my marketing uh, side of me actually is thinking that it, it came up with the idea that the next Call of Duty that comes out after this deal is done, um, before um, the, the, the Xbox exclusive one comes, in every physical copy of Call of Duty, you put a Game Pass code right. in there for yeah. a Game Pass trial. So that because that's not something they could do before, but now that Microsoft owns the IP, that's something they can slap in every box to introduce mm-hmm. anyone who buys the game physically that, hey, there's this thing called Game Pass. Have you heard of it? It's over here. But why it's don't got they do all that the Call of Duty games on there right now? Why don't they do that with the consoles? Why don't they, they used to give you two weeks of Xbox Live to get you locked in? It seems like such a no brainer. I don't know if there's some sort of like legality around not giving that away or I'm not sure. I, I like, think the idea now with that like is that with consoles, it just tells you about Game Pass if you're if you doesn't if your fl- account is not flagged as having Game Pass like through your setup it's like hey by the way there's this Game Pass thing that exists here's all the details about it give everybody a month get them started it's like it's the Columbia House model man like well it's it such already a has a free trial though Sean you have to remember that it's all it's like it, it's just it's not rewarding for any of us who already own have Game Pass if that makes sense I feel like that's not like not baked into like the bot. Like you open, the, I have a console. I've had both of them. It didn't have anything that had anything for. Oh no, for no. Game I Pass. meant in the UI when you're going through the setup. If your account doesn't currently subscribe to Game Pass or hasn't tried Game Pass before, it comes with up with a big. It's too Game Pass easy to slide. skip. It's too and that's the only. It's so fleeting. Like that's that's no. That's if I if, if that's actually the answer, then that sucks. I will say that that is a terrible answer, and that's why you don't have Again, a number. This isn't me saying that million. that option's great. It's just me saying I, that's why I think they moved away from what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, well, it didn't work. That's what I would say. They've got all these people. You got to and to your point, pack it in with everything. And then the other thing that is attached to this is how many hundreds of millions of people touch esports related to Call of Duty. Like this is really, I think, a big move on that front as well. And where's Game Pass and all of that? So lots of eyes on games that now you're starting. If you're really, if this move is for Game Pass, I want to see that a little bit more prominent. All right. Next up, Mike at Blaze Knight 0923 asks, how does this acquisition help round out Microsoft's portfolio of game offerings? I think that this obviously adds, as we kind of alluded to with all the the weird uh, IPs from Activision or even just some of the bigger ones. I think it really just rounds out all of the IPs that Microsoft has. And I think it it definitely means potential opportunities for current Microsoft studios to maybe try games on that that activision owns right now like ips mm-hmm. like if if for example you know let's say um playground games after they're done fable maybe they want to make a new pitfall game 
starring Pitfall Harry, and you go and explore it. It's like Uncharted. I mean, that's a you that's a thing taking that could a drink to throw in something like that. I can't even interrupt you with anything but like that. But then, from the other side of the coin, it also means a, a situation could happen where toys from Bob, who did Spyro and Crash Four, can maybe take a chance at something like Banjo, Banjo, which I think yeah. they'd be perfect at. So I, I think it goes both ways, and it really rounds out the library. I think in a lot of interesting ways. But what do you think, Sean? Uh, no, I definitely want to see all these franchises and and developers shuffle around. You saw Perfect Dark go from Rare to now the Initiative. Like there's there's examples of this, and I'd like to see that. To me, it's 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 one level up from that, which is it rounds out the PC offering and and Xbox really owning the PC landscape. And then something that none of us really want to talk about, I don't think, is mobile. Like with them getting King, Xbox and Microsoft pretty much have had no presence in a mobile market. And mm-hmm. if they're really after billions of people around the planet, then I think King is really the unspoken, I don't know how many people are talking about that, but that's the, that's the rounding out is on the platform uh, mm-hmm. side of things. In addition to um, the actual franchises, it, one thought my first thought was like it actually doesn't round it out from a, a genre perspective very much because it's like now you've got doom you've got halo you've got wolfenstein you got call of duty all these shooters like it's it amplifies action quite a lot like with activision um but yeah i think platform wise you get a little bit more representation for sure todd yeah. maybe uh, maybe even todd auction might be happy about this Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Next, next up, Mark the Canardian at the Canardian asks, are there any sweeping changes you'd make to how Activision games are rolled out, which franchises get attention, or how development teams are used if you owned the company? I'm also going to bring in Court Lalonde as well, at Court Lalonde, who else asks a similar question, who asks, do you think Xbox will change the format of the yearly release for Call of Duty? Do you think we might see a new IP from any of this. So Sean, if you, if you, let's say ran Xbox. Oh, I like that. If you ran Xbox, Sean, what, what would you do with kind of how Activision develops their games? Would you change anything? How, How would you do this? My, my thought is, um, that I think Xbox has seen something in these conversations. The roadmap for Activision Blizzard King is that there is something coming that maybe a, a big change to Call of Duty or what it may be. It's the approach or some sort of new hook, um, to grow that franchise. I think that could be coming or a brand new franchise as well. I think is it has to happen. Um, but I do think in some of the articles I've been reading is that like there haven't been Activision Blizzard has been struggling in that there haven't been like really obvious growth vectors, I think was the word that Jeff Grubb used in his article. So that could be interesting. What I, what I will say is Activision has done things, especially with Call of Duty, in ways that I understand. Call of Duty works, and it sells a gazillion copies. It makes them a billion dollar, however many, like tons of money every single year. So why wouldn't you, as from just a money standpoint, why wouldn't you do that? Now, I look over to Ubisoft and think they used to do that with Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. and they veered away from that, and the company still is doing quite well. And actually yeah. probably even better than ever. So I think what this move allows them to do is it's risky to do that. It's risky to say we're taking a year off Call of Duty, but maybe they can withstand that risk a little bit now because you've got some other game filling in the blank where Call of Duty would sit. Maybe you've got a Gears of War or a Doom or the new Quake. Well, you've instead. also got Warzone. Like that's not going to go away. Like that, yeah. if, if, uh, or we've seen it with Call of Duty, you know, Black Ops Cold War, like look how well that sold this year. Like if mm-hmm. they, they didn't even almost didn't even need to put out Vanguard this year, like totally would have just kept buying Black Ops Cold War this year. So I think it's just, I, but what I will say and why I understand how Activision has done it is like they have, they continuously get to iterate upon that franchise. And when you look at it like in a five year period, it's totally different. What if they spent, what if you didn't get a call of duty for three years and then they drop Vanguard? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't really land, doesn't review well. Uh, it's, it's hard to make the comparison. It's, it's hard to know if it would have maybe been received a little bit better if we weren't burned out on call of duty. I'm not really sure, but it seems to me that it's just like the core of that game wasn't really received all that well. So that's a huge risk. You spend three years without a game release and you'd launch something and it's like people don't like it. That's that's why they don't do it that way. Right. But at the same time, yeah, I can understand it from the position of Activision as an independent company having to do that because they need to, you know, right. make their, their investors happy. They need to, mm-hmm. you know, keep the lights on. And that's why they did that type of thing. Yeah. But with Microsoft's money and being part of like the bigger Microsoft family, they don't need to do that anymore. So Prediction time, Sean. I'm willing yeah. to give you my prediction. 2024 rolls around. Yeah. Microsoft announces that there is no Call of Duty in 2025. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it, you just, you totally reallocate the resource. Maybe it's a sledgehammer or, infill yeah. or whoever it is. You just like have them going to do something else. 
I think that's really interesting. I think you just look over like Bioware for the comparison. They mm-hmm. don't have an annualized thing. They put all their chips into the into Mass Effect Andromeda and and Anthem. And it's like, dude, can they even survive? Like if it wasn't for them being backed by EA, Bioware would be gone. They would be yeah. completely gone. Exactly. So, and Activision is the same way. Whereas like, yeah, we, we'd seen them, their financials kind of dip down like over the last few years because Call of Duty has had a bit of a decline. Again, not a huge yeah. decline because it's still one of the, it's still the best selling game series They'll have around. Modern Warfare 2 come back and it'll bring it back, man. They've got some, right. some secrets. But yeah. the, the reason I feel that way is because Safe I bets. feel like when Phil Spencer goes to these studios and asks them, hey, what do you want to work on? I feel like one of the three Call of Duty studios is going to come back and say, we'd like to do something else besides Call of Duty. Totally. Yeah. And, and I yep. think that will change the equation of, do they do a new call of duty every year? So I think maybe they have like, maybe it's sledgehammer that, that departs from call of duty and it's just infinity award and, and uh, Treyarch that work on the series. And you get one, like two, like uh, two every three years, essentially Mm -hmm. is probably, maybe this is where we get our quake. Maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe and yeah. and untying um, vicarious visions and toys for Bob, like because they're in Call of Duty land as well. So yeah. get them the hell out of well, there. Well, vicarious and, visions and, is actually working on Blizzard stuff now. So I think. Oh, I'm sorry, Diablo. They, you're right. You're yeah, because right. they worked on Diablo two, and I think they're working on Diablo four now. You're right. Yeah. Welcome yeah. back, Rod Ferguson and Mikey Barra. By the way, they thought they could leave, and they just couldn't leave. Right back uh, in. Next up, Max G at Master Max seven one three asks, "What are the odds that this gets through without government intervention or antitrust mm. suits?" I like the hard opinion questions. I mean, as now, I'm not a lawyer. I mean, Sean's not a lawyer. You're either. not. Oh. I know. Yeah. I mean, no, I pretend to be a small town pizza lawyer, Sean, but I'm not actually really a, <laughs> a, a lawyer. So I do. But what I will say is that from a lot of lawyers who mm-hmm. look at the league of cities who have tweeted about this and, and, and hearing more from them in, in podcasts, like for example, like rich Hogue, for example, has yeah. talked about this. Um, I don't think that you actually have any worry probably that there is going to be any type of antitrust, uh, lawsuits or anything like that. Like, like anything really preventing this from going through, I think, like mm-hmm. think it's going to go through without issue because what something I've heard lawyers talk about is that it's not a, um, it's not a horizontal move as far as the, the acquisition is concerned. It's a vertical move. So essentially since Microsoft is considered a console maker first, rather than a, you know, a software maker first, um, it's different from like, let's say square Enix somehow had the money to buy Activision. Like it's different from a software company buying a software company versus a hardware company buying a software company. Like it's essentially compared to a toy maker buying the license to a toy. Right. That's kind of the idea that that's going, going on here. So as a result with Microsoft being, being a vertical move of a software company, Activision being bought by a hardware micro uh, manufacturer like Microsoft, Apparently that that's how they don't see it as uh, like the, I know people are talking about throwing around the monopoly world again, Sean, I know mm-hmm, it's officially mm-hmm. happening. Um, but that's why it's not really seen as a monopoly because it, one, there's t- still tons of competition out there, you know, regardless of what Microsoft's doing. Um, plus, I mean, you can even look at it like 10 cents, maybe even a bigger monopoly than Microsoft is when it comes yeah. to this stuff. Um, but also because of the way the, the move works, I think that's why this is getting through without an issue. Makes sense. Uh, what do you think? Yep. No, I'm with you, man. I think, I think you also just, there's a precedent perhaps with movies and studios and how many actual studios are there. There's like, I think there's, it's closer to a monopoly in, in movie land than it is in, in video games, but it's, I mean, it's getting closer, but this will, this will go through. I don't think that there's any trouble. Yeah, exactly. So Sean, we're running out of time. So real quick, I kind of want to, even though we had more questions left, we've got maybe like five minutes left at the most. So yeah. I kind of want to save some of these questions for next week. So before we do that though, Sean, I want to, I want to go to final thoughts with you. What do you think overall of this move? Do you think it's good for the industry? Do you think it's good for Microsoft? Do you think we're going to be celebrating this for five to 10 years? What do you think? I think you have to, when, when I say, I think it is good for the industry, but I have to say this, that to the point we were talking about earlier is it could have gone to a really a worse spot. I think this is inevitable. I think that what is happening, this there's, I talked about this with, with bad bit on the, on the Patreon exclusive. There's, this is gravity. This is, everything is just happening. You've got a trillion dollar company and you've got other companies that are a billion dollars. It's like these moons and these comets are just going to crash into these gigantic celestial bodies, which is Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Tencent. This is going to happen. So where it landed. Yes. I think that's probably good. And I think once you just have to wrap your head around the inevitability of it, 
it <laughs> and go like, okay, well, I guess this is good. Um, but yeah, I think what I'm, what I'm really excited to see as that amalgamation kind of happens at the top is where do indies still play? That's where the risks are going to happen. That's where the most interesting stuff is going to happen. I think is, is at the indie level and there's still a place for us to play games at that front as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well said, especially because, again, that we we know from hearing the story about how this came about, like they were going to get sold to someone like they they wanted right. to sell the company. It was going to get sold eventually. So it's just, you know, who bought that, mm-hmm. you know, is it, is a different scenario. And yeah, I think that this really kicks off kind of the content wars rather than the console wars, kind of the arms race of all these companies trying to buy up all these other companies. It's like the THQ notification of the industry in a lot of ways where they own, still own more studios than Microsoft do. They still own like 60 studios or something like that. They just have to manage it now. They just have to, like, that's the thing. And and yeah, if it's good for gamers, it just depends on like how they communicate this and get us excited about the next thing. What Nintendo, I think I would say about Nintendo is like, they're they're really good at going like, there's one game you care about and you're going to give us all your money about that, that one next game and that that strategy is working for them what did we just say like all these games are coming to game pass and we're going to get to maybe maybe one on average like 0.75 it's a different take man it's that and that's hard to sustain i think you could have good games getting missed because of quantity and even still having a giant portion of it being quality but maybe just too much it's it's a different side of the spectrum now we're we're completely flipped over from xbox has no games yeah, for sure. So one quick question, one word answer to this one, Sean. Does Call of Duty stay multi-platform after the deal is done? Yes or no? No. Not, yeah. not, sta- I can't do one word. Uh, Warzone, I think like a, I think a, a battle royale kind of thing stands and, and goes multi-platform. But single player campaigns, if they even exist in the future, probably Probably exclusive. Yeah. 100% agree with you. That's my line of thinking as well. That's my one, one, one word answer. Anyways, Sean, we got to go. Before we go, Sean plugs you out. There is way more to discuss on this topic. Definitely, uh, we'll save some questions, I would say, for next week as well. It may be an extra mile at some point. I've had a ton of fun talking to you about it, Ryan Turford. More at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. Follow me on Twitter and on Twitch at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants. Very nice, my friend. As from you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at Yumi Capri's on YouTube at youtube.com slash Yumi Capri and on podcast services around the globe. So, For Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Trevor. This has been episode 223 of the Xbox Drive, and we out. We really did talk a lot about the Activision thing, and and I just am really curious to know if you guys have any comments on it. Please leave comments in the YouTube section below, and Ryan totally cut me off. He thought he would throw me off. He did a little bit. I want your comments. There's a lot of things to talk about with this whole thing. The Xbox Drive is fueled by patrons at patreon.com slash Capri. And from the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful to the nearly 70 patrons who support us each and every month. With special thanks to our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can support Jonathan Brown at youtube.com slash GamingPurpleMonkey. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, and all of our gold members, Argo, Benji Kong, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, and Xavier Reyes. If you'd like to support this show, go to patreon.com slash Capri and choose the Patreon tier that works for you.